0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Bite Size Podcast. I'm your host, Andalee. Bite Size Podcast is a holistic nutrition podcast for pregnancy, postpartum, and baby starting solids with some sprinkles of special guests to further educate you on all of the options available to support you on this journey. Since we went over cesarean birth recovery, I also wanted to share about vaginal birth recovery. So today, we're going over some recommendations for vaginal birth recovery, and we have another birth story to share. So while the last few months of pregnancy are often spent focused on the final touches for a baby's arrival, it's also important to put some thought into some postpartum essentials for recovery as well. While you might already be thinking about meals or have a meal train or some family members who are prepared to bring you meals, there are some other things that are definitely less glamorous than cute onesies and wonderful meals. Should you find yourself needing any of these, you're going to be so glad you have them. So first of all, I would encourage you to get on those meals. We mentioned in our recovery from a cesarean episode that nutrient-dense meals are so important in aiding recovery. That also goes for vaginal births. I hope you have a couple freezer meals prepared, but I mostly hope your friends and family are cooking up a storm for you. Aside from that, there are some things you might want to look into purchasing to help you recover at home. Number 1. A SITS bath Sitz baths encourage circulation, which can help reduce swelling and speed healing after birth. It's also often a good time for mothers to slow down and relax to soothe postpartum discomfort from any tearing, an episiotomy, stitches, perineal bruising, bleeding, or hemorrhoids. You can also include herbs in your sitz bath as many herbs have been known to have healing properties and been known to soothe. You can use herbs in any combination. Here are some herbs to consider. Calendula. Calendula has shown to have anti-inflammatory and antiviral properties. Lavender. Not only is lavender known to have calming properties, but it has also been shown to increase collagen and proteins involved in tissue remodeling. Red raspberry leaf. While the tea is known to stimulate uterine contractions, including it in your sitz bath can alleviate inflammation and water retention, so it may help swelling go down. Yarrow, hopefully I'm saying that right. When applied to the skin, yarrow can help reduce inflammation and heal wounds as it is rich in antioxidants. Comfrey, comfrey contains a substance that helps new skin cells grow as well as reduce inflammation. Comfrey ornaments can also help heal bruising, pulled ligaments, or muscles. Oatmeal can also be used to ease itching, which can happen with stitches. Alternatively, if you don't want to use herbs, you can also use Epsom salts. Epsom salts also reduce swelling and encourage healing. A dedicated sits bath can be purchased from a pharmacy or medical supply store. It fits over top of the toilet, so you can use it at any point and it serves that purpose only. Alternatively, you can use your bathtub by filling it with about three inches of water and adding any herbs or Epsom salts. You'll just want to make sure that your tub is ultra clean to avoid infection, so get your partner those rubber gloves and tell them to start scrubbing. Moving on to another recovery remedy, witch hazel. Witch hazel is very soothing and can help reduce inflammation. It's also an antiseptic and helps fight bacteria to reduce infection. Witch hazel can also help stop minor bleeding and provide relief for hemorrhoids. You can use witch hazel by soaking cotton pads and applying or using a spray bottle to apply to the area. It can also be used in a peri bottle. Which brings me to my next recovery essential, peri bottles. Peri bottles are an incredible resource for recovering from vaginal births. Filled with warm water and, like I said, optional witch hazel, I'd recommend using it to rinse after any time you pee as opposed to toilet paper as many women find toilet paper irritating after birth in the early days. It can also be used to clean or rinse wounds. In the same vein, Padsicles are also an amazing option to help you heal. Not only are those amazing postpartum maternity pads everyone's favorite postpartum essential, but in this case are made into a Padsicle. They are saturated with a solution like some of the ones we've talked about to help provide some pain relief, reduce inflammation, and soothe swollen tissue. They can also ease discomfort from hemorrhoids. So aside from some of the solutions we've discussed, we can also use aloe gel that's free from artificial dyes and preservatives. To learn more about making a Patsicle, stay tuned to the Bite-sized Instagram account at bitesize.podcast. Another one we discussed in cesarean recovery was homeopathic arnica. Again, I would encourage you to consult a naturopath on this one, as arnica is not to be mixed with certain medications, so you have to be careful. Homeopathic arnica can help minimize strain on soft tissue to help recovery. It also has been said to help after pains, which is the uterus contracting after birth. Now, lastly, a donut. While I wish I was talking about the kind you eat, I am not. Sometimes stitches or sitting can cause discomfort on the perennial area. If this is the case, a donut or even a breastfeeding pillow can help ease this. Whatever you end up using or wherever you end up sitting, be sure to use an absorbent bed pad or additional sheets to wash to prevent staining if leaking occurs. Now I hope that your recovery goes well and smooth and easy breezy beautiful, cover girl, but in the case it may not, these are some symptoms to watch for that might indicate you need to seek medical attention. A fever of over 38 degrees Celsius or 100.4 Fahrenheit, if you've soaked a pad in less than an hour or two, past a clot larger than a golf ball, or your bleeding has turned red after having been brown for a few days. If there is new pain or swelling, if there is new or worsening belly pain, tenderness in the arms or legs, painful peeing, headaches or vision changes, severe or persistent hemorrhoid pain, any of the above, please seek medical attention. So now that you know a little more about recovering from a vaginal birth, I want to introduce Jasmine. You might know her from her Instagram at lemons.for.days or her new side hustle, Unity Kids Co. Let's hear her birth story. Uh, Welcome Jasmine to Bite Size Podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having
1: me. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, all the things you love. My first love or my kid. I've got three under the age of seven. Second loves uh, would probably be my husband and coffee. And um, I live in Calgary. I'm an influencer, content creator, call me what you want. I've been doing that for seven years. And um, work from home so I can be with the kiddos as much as possible. Love to travel and I'm happy that that's kind of coming back and Excellent. Well, we're happy to have you
0: here and you're going to be sharing a li- little bit about your birth story specifically of vaginal birth. Yeah.
1: And I love that we're talking about this because I had this moment the other day. I w- I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember what which one though. Um where they are talking about uh you know, breastfeeding and and just kind of like that coming to a close and I was like my goodness, like, I hope I remember it. I hope I remember my birth. I hope I remember my experiences as intense as they were. They're such, they're so beautiful. And like, I want a space to really be able to talk about it and hold it. And then, and now i will here and it's wonderful. So thank you for allowing me to share my experience. Um, ask me any questions. I don't even know where to start. Well, let's start with your first birth.
0: Um, Talk us through a little bit about what your pregnancy looked like, and um, like the care providers you chose, anything like that.
1: This was in uh, twenty, the end of twenty fifteen. I got pregnant and uh, gave birth um, in twenty sixteen to my first son, who is now seven, and um, so i i was completely naive and had no plans for much of anything but this is also how i like to live my life i don't give it too much thought i just kind of like go with you know what my gut is telling me so and my husband and i were like yeah i guess now is the time let's start making babies and so we did and we're so fortunate that it happened beautifully and quickly um and then I didn't give really much thought into what the birth would look like, but my sister in law had uh, just had a baby, and told me about her amazing experience with a midwife, and said, "If you're going to have kids anytime soon, like, the, I mean, I highly recommend going the midwifery route." And so I did. I put down my name, like, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, and got matched with a um, beautiful midwife that ended up delivering all three of my babies. Yeah, we were so uh, fortunate to have her at all three. And um, I also was not considering or even knew that a home birth was an option until, again, my sister-in-law was like, we took this course and it's called Healthy Birth Choices in Calgary. And she said... It just kind of normalizes it for you because it's just such a new experience. Nobody really talks about these things. Um, it's for you and your partner to go and just like, just just be aware of what might happen. And so we took this course and she started talking about home births. And that was the first kind of introduction I had to home births. And I thought um, that it made a lot of sense for us because I was a low-risk pregnancy yeah, I think it's great that
0: you just wanted to be super educated about your options because that's always what I would hope for women is that whatever choice they made is like the most educated choice they could have made. So that's really cool. cool.
1: Yeah. And I was, so yeah, completely open to everything. Like I said, I was really um, honestly just naive, like in a in a cute way, but I just kind of open um, to to hearing all of the options. And then it just, that's the one that felt right. And the, the, the thing that sat so well with me was just knowing that, you know, for past generations, this has been the most natural thing we could do. So why not do it in the comfort of your own home? And, um, and so that's why I decided, let's give this a try. And, um, there's always, I mean, we live in the city and if if we had to, um, you know, a hospital bag was packed and we were also ready for that to happen, but, but it didn't. That's incredible. I think too,
0: like midwifery has definitely become a little bit more um, popular, I guess. And then, I know it's a little bit harder to get on these lists. So that's amazing that you were able to. And I know that once you've had a midwife, they're so happy to like reaccommodate the future births as well. Mm-hmm. So you had a very healthy normal pregnancy, and then walk us through a little bit what did labor look like? When did you know you were in labor? Where
1: were you? All of the things? yeah i was I was in denial for a lot of it, and um, because it was new <laughs> and I had been kind of told from my midwives and in these classes that I was taking. Your first labor is going to be long. What you think is labor is not. When you think this is happening, it's probably not happening. And like, don't get too excited. So I had this in my mind and I'm like, okay. So the day I went into labor, my husband and I decide we're going to do a Costco run and do all of the meal prep. And I had been off of work for just a week and I had three more weeks until my due date. So I thought, let's do meal prep. Let's get everything all organized for a baby. And so we did this Costco run and uh, brought all the groceries home. And my husband said, he's a photographer, and he said, I think we should do your, we should do math photos soon. Like, let's, let's just like remember, let's remember this. And um, why don't we take the afternoon and drive out to the mountains and we'll do a little photo shoot. And I was like, okay. So we hopped in the car with this camera and tripod and then we're taking photos at a few different locations. And um, the last location, he said, okay, I'm going to set up the tripod because I want to be in one of the photos. And I was like, okay, great. While you do that, I'm going to go pee. And so I just decided to go pee in the woods because that's where we were. And I was wearing a dress and I squatted down to go pee and I felt a pop. And I was like, oh, that's that felt kind of funny. And anyway, completed what I needed to do. And then I stood up and I looked down and I looked over at my husband. I said, I'm still peeing, but I'm done peeing. (laughs) It's like, what's happening? He's like, is that your did your water just break? And I was like, no, it's way too early for that. And then so I we were just kind of standing there in disbelief, trying to figure out what was happening. And he said, well, let's just pack up and like drive back to Calgary. We were in the mountains with no reception as well. So he's like, let's just get to a place where we can contact somebody. For anyone who's like listening, who maybe is not familiar with Alberta,
0: living in Calgary, the mountains tend to be an hour plus away. So it's a bit of a drive for sure.
1: Yeah. And um, and I got in the car and I was still leaking fluid and going like, I have nothing to sit on. What do I do? And I remember this so well. My husband pulled out of the glove box some mucho burrito napkins, like two of them. And he said, here. And he was like, okay. So through within like two seconds and uh, and then just kind of accepted it. And I was in so much denial that I actually, when we got back into cell reception, I didn't contact my midwife. I instead contacted my sister-in-law and said, "Um, hey, I don't think I can take her son. I think I could take him to the zoo tomorrow because I might. I don't know what's happening. She said, oh, my God, that's exciting. What did your midwife say? And I said, oh, I don't want to bother her. And she's like, hang up the phone and call her right now. And I was like, maybe I'll email her. So I emailed her, (laughs) this is what happened. I don't know if it's anything. I might just be peeing a lot with no control. (laughs) And she said, come. Anyway, she called me uh, seconds after I sent the email and she said, come into the clinic right now. Did. She tested uh, for amniotic fluid and it it was. And she's like, yep, this is the beginning of your labor. Congrats. Like, get ready to meet your baby by maybe tomorrow. And so um, we were still in shock and didn't really have too many feelings at the time. Just kind of, are, are you sure? Like, am, am I dreaming right now? Like, we still have all these groceries that we haven't, I don't I, we haven't cooked anything. I was like, how can a baby come when I'm not prepared? And so she just said, go home, have something to eat and try and sleep because um, things are going to be happening soon. And I was like, okay. So We went home, and uh, I uh, within like an hour, I would say, I started having contractions, and my husband kept asking me, "I should I call? Should I call the midwife?" And I kept saying, "No, I know it's going to get a lot worse than this. Don't bother her. It's late." And then he was like, "I don't know," and then I was, I didn't. I knew this from, like, doing homework, but I wasn't willing to accept it. But I was in I was in transition, just throwing up everywhere and just, like, shaking and it's been full-on labor. And he said, I think it's time to call the midwife. Like, I'm no longer going to ask you. I'm just going to do it. And so we did. You didn't get that nap in? No, absolutely not. I tried to watch a show, but I was like, well, no, everything was bothering me at the time. You know, and I, like... No, I, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything except to breathe and puke. <laughs> and then um, our midwife came over shortly after that. She checked me and said, you're fully dilated. Um, Next, after this contraction, we're going to walk down the hallway and have everything set up in your bedroom and we're going to start pushing. And so that's what we did. Wow. So did you have a, Pool set up, or were you just on the bed? I decided not to do a pool because, um, I don't, I don't know. The thought of it just didn't actually bring me any ease. Um, I just, I don't know. I decided it is also a lot of work. <laughs> that's
0: fair. Yes, I feel <laughs> like I've heard they take a long time to fill yeah, up. Yeah, like, yeah, that's fair. I
1: need my bed. We'll try it over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and. And then how long thereafter did your baby come? Uh, it was 20 minutes of pushing. And then the labor from start to finish was three hours um, and 30 minutes.
0: Wow. So that's probably pretty quick compared to
1: what you had been expecting and been told. Totally. And I think that's why I was in so much denial up until she came and she and then and then baby was like there because I was like, no, I am supposed to be in labor for days Day, day plummet. <laughs> this can't be it and like i heard so many uh stories of you know your water breaks and then you're you've got to be careful but maybe baby doesn't come for another couple of weeks
0: so after baby arrived what was like the atmosphere
1: like what were you feeling so calm it was um it was one of those moments where because our midwife was there with her assistant, and then it was my husband and I and our new baby. We're the only people in the world that know of his existence, and that was so special. And it happened um, at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was just like, I I want to hold on to this, and I can because it's the 1 a.m., and so we're going to try and get some sleep. And then, like, it was just so calm because it was just like this—it's such a— sacred time that i don't think i'll ever experience again right our midwives packed up and they said we'll check on you tomorrow and um i actually got a good amount of sleep my husband didn't sleep a wink he was staring at the baby like so close to his bassinet going like is he still breathing what's happening <laughs> just um yeah it was really special. Really special. I I I hope I never forget that feeling. That's
0: incredible. And so the
1: recovery thereafter, what
0: what did that look like? And sort of how long did it take until you kind of felt back to normal or were you like this is just how
1: I am now? I don't know if like normalcy ever came back, to be honest, cuz it was just like this is the new this is my new line, but there was no um I'm even thinking now like i i don't I don't think I'll ever know that time before, so I would just kind of accepted this is this is what it is. we're gonna take it day by day um the first couple of days was like cloud nine uh. We had many visitors stop in, and friends drop things off, and it was really special. Um, I went for my first walk outside with him, like two, he was two days old, and the little wrap. And then the third or fourth day, my husband had to go for a very quick um, shoot, and he was gone for maybe 40 minutes in that time his uh my son's umbilical cord started to kind of come off and it started bleeding and i um like a little part of it started bleeding and i uh, that sent me spiraling (laughs) and i had i was like oh i was warned about this i was like i kept telling myself i was like no these are hormones this is what's supposed to happen it's fine like you've been Super happy on Cloud9 for so long. Like, I think this is when you're supposed to be sad and like not make any sense. And so I was kind of talking to myself in the third party, but also freaking out and calling the midwife and saying, he's bleeding everywhere. And um, so we, we rode those those waves uh for a while. And I think that is totally normal. Um, I tried to get outside as much as I could. Um knowing that my body was tired, um, but that's all I could do. Um, So you mentioned you had a lot of guests come over.
0: Tell us some things that your guests maybe specifically did for you that just made recovery that much easier or wonderful, or just like added to the goodness of that time.
1: In terms of gifts, I received uh, many, but the ones that were the most impactful and the most helpful, the first was my mother-in-law, who is actually here right now taking care of, of my other babies. She hired a cleaner for us and said, you can kind of just use her whenever. But like, I recommend like once every two weeks or or whatever. And that was an incredible help. And I had never had a cleaner before. And I was like, I feel, uh, I felt guilty at first. And I was like, this is an amazing gift. And um, and then another one I would just say as snacks, ready-to-eat snacks. And some girlfriends dropped off energy balls and um, like some chia pudding um, I, just for a little breakfast and snacks because you're kind of hungry all the time and you don't want like that curry that you made um, in your meal prep space for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was nice to have those kinds of options. Um, but I would say those were the most Helpful, practical. nothing to do with a baby.
0: No, those are really good. I have to say. when you're recovering and trying to keep anyone alive, I think cleaning is definitely the last thing you want to do. You're so right. if you especially if you're breastfeeding the the hunger is kind of insatiable, so those snacks are definitely key. What kind of advice would you give to someone or words of encouragement? to someone who wants to maybe have a midwife or experience a home birth as well.
1: Yeah, and um, to your point of uh, midwives like kind of being harder to access, I don't know where most of your listeners are, but in Alberta, um, if it is anything like the last couple of years, I don't know if it's changed or they've opened up a little bit more budget. I hope that they have, but it is difficult to to get a midwife. So the first thing I would say is even before you get pregnant, some clinics offer like a, I forget what it's called now, but you essentially go in there to make sure that your body is ready. And they ask you a bunch of questions. They kind of like guide you in supplement. And when you do that, you're already in their system. And so when you apply to all of the midwife clinics around the city, um, your name is already in the system, and it's more likely that they will accept you as a client. The second thing is the moment you know, and maybe, maybe tell your partner first, maybe not. But the second thing you should do is apply. <laughs> so, those are my two pieces of advice. So, even before you get pregnant, do it's called like a preconception visit or something. Like that. And then for home births. Um, I, this course, honestly, just put me at ease and I don't think that I would do a very good job of convincing anyone, nor do I think it's my place. Because honestly, where I, I think people should give birth where they're comfortable. And for many, they feel safe in the environment of, you know, a hospital or maybe a birthing center. And in my case, it was at home. So I'm not going to try and convince anybody to do, um, anything <laughs> along those lines. But if you are interested in a home birth doing a course like I did, which was um just like a pregnancy preparation kind of thing or a labor um preparation. It was called healthy birth choices. And I think they offer an online option as well. Um just getting comfortable with that is all I'll say.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I think that's really excellent advice about getting into midwife care and you know helping people get educated on their options for sure well jasmine thank you so much for sharing i would love to have you on again to share about your other two parts at some point yeah i would love do um for now tell the people where they can find you and i believe you have a little side business as well
1: yeah i have um my main personal page um The one that I've mentioned, I've been on Instagram doing the influencer thing for seven years. That one is at lemons for days on Instagram and um, TikTok. But I don't, we're we're not, we're not sure about TikTok these days. Um, And then another, yeah, I did just launch a business um, about two months ago called Unity Kids. And it's a virtues project for littles. And so each week we focus on one virtue, so say generosity or kindness or humility, and then we provide you with affirmations to practice that virtue and um, some checklists that are really kid-friendly and fun and engaging for your little ones. I work at a preschool, and so especially after COVID, I've found
0: a lot of the kids really, I don't know, I think just having less interaction for the last few years and right now, Getting back into the full swing of things. Those
1: affirmations are so, so key. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think the like most people's businesses come from, you know, their personal experiences and saying, like, I wish I had this. And it's your point going back into the real world with three kids after COVID. I needed this. And so <laughs> this is something I provided for my kids. And then saw that there was a need elsewhere so
0: well thank you so much jasmine for being here and we'll chat again soon don't forget to follow her at lemons.for.days and check out her new company unity kids co don't forget i have some great discount codes for you needed is a wonderful supplement company i suggest their prenatal vitamin which again you should continue into recovery and into breastfeeding you can use my code bite Sized for 20 percent off your order Now, you might not be thinking baby, number two yet, and this is where Ovary comes in. Ovary is a great place to shop for your ovulation strip tests, pregnancy tests, and male fertility tests. You can use my code Bitesize10 for 10% off your order. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at bitesize.podcast for more. Thank you so much for joining us at the dinner table today. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, and in case no one has told you today, you look radishing. Bye. Although I am a certified holistic nutrition consultant, I am not your consultant. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not always specific to you and your needs. While I strive to provide you the most up-to-date and accurate information about nutrition, This is not a substitute for professional and medical advice, and you should not rely solely on the information herein.